0: Good evening, everybody. It's Thursday evening. It's Dr. Sunny Desi, and um, I'm going to go live now with Viv from Skin Pharma. We're going to do um, part four of our ultrasound series. So, uh, thank you for joining us, everyone. Hi to Sean White, and I'm just waiting for Viv to request to join so whilst i'm just waiting for that so this is part four of our kind of introduction to ultrasound and how we've been using ultrasound in clinic uh we are focusing today on standards so setting the standards for like or standardizing the method of using different parts of the anatomy obviously we're doing facial aesthetics so we'll be talking about um something on the face so, just waiting for Viv to join. Hi, Viv, how are you? Fine,
1: yeah. Sorry about the slight delay. It took a while before you popped up on my screen, so it might have uh, taken a bit longer than not.
0: No, no worries. I think it's... Um, I don't know what my internet connection's like, so hopefully I'm relatively clear. I was just trying to mess around with the lighting on my um, on my right. tripod thing. It's probably a bit too... There we go, that's better. Yeah. A bit of glare coming off my shiny face. <laughs> um, so I was just... Um, Introducing everyone to uh Thursday um and introducing everyone to Thursday, Every, introducing everyone to part four of what we're doing and um sort of what we're trying to start exploring now is we've we've gone over the ultrasound device. We use the Claris LDH twenty. We have spoken about how it's quite a plug and play device, so you can literally take it out of the box and start using it with some ultrasound gel. We talked about the ease of use and how easy it is to get a good image. And last week, obviously, you, showed, you were able to show us that, so it was brilliant. So um, as, our, as we explore using ultrasound, we'd like to share that journey with you. So hence why we're here. And so today we are going to demonstrate with, um, with, with Viv how, for example, could you standardise scanning a specific body part? Uh, Today we're going to focus on the lips because that's that's your niche and one of your uh, specialty subjects. Um, So, yeah, just um, first of all, how how are you doing? How's your week been?
1: Fine. Yeah, doing all right. I've been treating patients today with lip treatment. So I've been scanning all of them with the scanner. Um, Again, as we've mentioned before, such a wide variety of patients with variable anatomy so this really is useful to look for problems before you start injecting. Um, So it's been yeah as I say I've been looking into how practice can be recorded how I can record my own practice and how things can be improved by using something like this and recording what we do as well. So the protocol I think that we're looking at is to do with using scanning of the lips before carrying out any treatment using an ultrasound scanner and we'll i'll follow um i'll follow a set of instructions if you've got those instructions sunny i'll follow them and it'll give an idea of of what a practitioner could do with a set of instructions and what they can do following that in their own patient records you know on their ipad or whatever they use in their patient system I guess what everyone is
0: watching, what we're trying to do is create a set of standards so that, you know, you get the device and then you're recording in the same manner as, you know, other practitioners. So potentially, um, and, and that question came to my, popped into my mind because I know that we've spoken about it, is that if, you know, you've seen tele-remote work being done with the ultrasound. So for example, as a specialist and you've got a vascular occlusion or a problem they can yeah. then guide you, and if you've got that set standards there, yeah. that's essentially what they're following, isn't it? But, that, but their standards yeah. are in their mind, and you know they're guiding you through. I mean, you, I think you've um, you've seen that in practice, haven't you?
1: Yes, yeah, it's um, it works well um, using using a remote connection using a, a device like this. Easy enough for somebody else to look at what you're doing, um, easy enough to uh, see the image that's produced, a recording of the image, and you can be helped. It's easy enough to um, help another practitioner when you've got access to exactly what they're seeing. So it works well. Um, It's just a question of putting into practice what you learn and improving it as you go along.
0: And I guess if someone is watching what you're doing, they're able to guide you, you want to follow a set of. Rules I guess in in how you're scanning so that yeah. they then you're able to show them what what you're um, what you're seeing yeah. as well, and then you can identify the problem or but in practice in day, in daily practice if you know you're scanning every single patient that you see, you just want that set of standards so that if you refer back to the notes potentially yeah. it's the same set of recording and and you know for for us um, in a hospital setting you know it's always it's the consultation, isn't it it's yeah. Um, the presenting complaint, the history, presenting complaint. So that kind of method is what we're talking about today. Yeah. So, Viv, um, we are experimenting. I'm going to read, one of the things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, read yeah, from the thing. Yeah, 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 no it. problem. I'm reading from a very small print here.
1: As I um, say, with the protocol, it was designed. I've had a. a I've carried out training with the ultrasound and there's different areas of the face that we can look at. Lips is just an area I specialise in. So I thought it'd be interesting for practitioners to see what we do and what we do with the information once we've got it as well. So, um, so yeah, that's the scanner anyway, the Clarius, the LD20HD. And I'll follow a set of instructions based on a protocol if you've got it with you, Sonny.
0: No, I have. I have. I just had to make the screen a bit bigger. um, And I was trying to hold it up a little bit like this so that I I could uh, still look at the camera. But I I will. um, I'm busted anyway, so it's not a problem. Um, So everyone is watching. Viv's going to demonstrate. So we are interested in recording on a patient. So Viv is actually a self-patient at the moment. Facial area of the lips. So remember guys with filler treatment, the importance, what is the importance of using ultrasound and Viv has currently just kind of succinctly put this in for us. Right. Firstly, um, minimize initial acute vascular compromise. So basically we're using the ultrasound to reduce that risk of vascular compromise, which means blocking a major blood vessel or an artery. We want to reduce um, the risk of uh, lumps and bumps. So the way that the filler is being introduced into the anatomy, And the technical term that we use is um, delayed onset nodules. We want to reduce the risk of uh, the injection risk. And we want to assess patient's individual anatomy. Um, Viv will obviously comment that, you know, he scans a lot of lips and obviously done that today, that anatomy can be different every time, can't it? So basically, guys, we're wanting to improve the treatment efficacy, basically the rejuvenation that we're doing with dermal fillers by accurate and safe filler injecting into the correct tissue planes. For those of you who are patients, like when we're injecting, we, we imagine that skin is not just one, it's actually planes. So imagine all my fingers are different levels of skin and the needle is passing through those individual layers. So that's, that's what um, we mean by tissue planes. So, yeah. Viv, if you could place the probe horizontally along the top lip, starting at one yeah. lip commissure. And if you want to point with the other hand where the lip commissure is and then we'll yeah. know what we're doing. So-
1: with a set of lips, um, you always need the gel on first. So imagine I put a load of ultrasound gel on, placed it on my lips as well. So placing it horizontally. So the common issue is the corners of the lips. So you've got the left and right side. So you start at a point just adjacent to the corner of the lips on one side. It doesn't matter which side, as long as you go in the opposite direction. So gently placing along the edge and gradually moving upwards and along the lip surface you modify the angle you look at the actual display that you've got and you can see the tissue as you're gradually moving along you'll see different parts of the anatomy you'll see the actual skin at the top of the scan you'll see the subcutaneous tissue underneath you'll see muscle and then you'll see um, you'll see the teeth as well as you yes. move around certain areas. And that's, um, a, and
0: that's a good landmark as you're moving across because sometimes yeah. as you're moving, you your hand will slip depending on the yeah. app, depending how you are. So that's a, it's a good practice mechanism. My my hand used to slip quite a bit, and then obviously you'd lose a bit. If yeah. you're using the teeth as a reference, you can move across. Yeah. So first step: place the probe horizontally like you did along the top lip, starting at one lip commissure, and then locate the. Merdionis muscle, or, or what we call muscle, is viewed as, viv, how, how, how if you want to describe it to uh, people watching, what yeah. does muscle look like
1: on ultrasound? Muscle on ultrasound looks like a dark area, so it's basically hypoechoic, it doesn't echo as much as bone would, um, and the echoing is based on density, the denser the material that the sound wave is bouncing off, um, the lighter, the brighter the colour that you see on the screen, so bone and teeth will look white, Uh, Tissue um, will be variable colour, variable grey shades. Um, Muscle generally looks dark black, looks like a black colour. Filler looks similar to muscle, but it can be various. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I haven't got any filler in my lips, but um, if when I scan patients who've already had treatment, I can see areas. In the upper part of the scan, in the subcutaneous tissue, where the filler is, and it appears as small areas of darkness and it tends to be scattered around a little bit. So I would generally move slowly across the edge of the lip, this lip face, and I would alter the angle so I could check to see exactly what I'm looking at. I need to be able to tell where the skin is, where the subcutaneous tissue is. Where the muscle is and where the teeth are as well. Once I've done that, I'll reach the centre point, which is where the filtering columns are.
0: So, so just on that, just on that note, because Viv, you, point, you, you've addressed it at an important point, is that the more practice you get with ultrasound, and you know, we're not sonographers, but you can, if you understand your anatomy quickly, and Viv has pointed out recently, so muscle is more of a bigger, darker, um, and yeah. echoing area. But filler will be more superficial. So, depending yeah. where that filler is placed, you can start to differentiate between muscle, which is um, a darker area because it echoes, like you said, on ultrasound, versus bone. And then you can ha- you can see if someone's got filler. And that's where, if you've put filler in and you've got a practice of ultrasounding beforehand, if you've got time, do it afterwards because you'll yeah. have identified the muscle and you take a scan. And we'll go into that in a second. Um, yeah. Recording of the scan that is, and then take a you know scan them afterwards. So, Viv, um, we've spoken about uh, previous filler, and then you were just mentioning um, we were just talking about how, on our stand, on our standard way of doing it, how can you differentiate between all these structures? So, um, bone is easy enough. Yeah. Um, muscle is easy enough. Filler yeah. can look like muscle. Yeah, and vessels. So, how would you identify as you're
1: going on with your vessels? So, as I initially, what I tend to do, and I think it's the easiest way, is to look at the anatomy. Just you need to be able to tell which area of the tissue you're seeing on the scan. So, as as you mentioned, skin, subcutaneous tissue, muscle, and bone at the bottom. Um, I would gradually move along the lip until I reach the midpoint, then I would rotate vertically and I would scan upwards in the midpoint. And the area here is called the filtrum. And you've got two columns that reach the bottom of the nose, the nostrils. And there is blood vessels. There are blood vessels that run along that point. So again, you've got to be careful what's in that area. Um, Gradually move along to the edge of the lip, do exactly the same, angulate the probe, um, look at the anatomy. So once you've done that, you then what you can do is switch on do uh, switch on the doppler um doppler is a way of identifying flow movement of fluids basically in the scan and for us our interest is in blood vessels um the problem with blood vessels and anatom and um, aesthetic work is we need to stay away from vessels when we inject filler if we get filler into one of these vessels around the lips or anywhere else in the face it can cause a lot of problems, it can block a vessel, it can cause significant issues in other areas of the face. Worst case scenario, if a vessel is blocked, it, the actual filler can move, it can spread, and it can block multiple vessels. And if it, that's severe enough, you can end up with problems with eyesight and tissue damage, which is exactly what we don't want to do. So the purpose of this is really to reduce risk for the patient. Um, So with the Doppler, Doppler is basically a method of looking for blood vessels, so I would gradually again move along the top and bottom vessel after I've done the top vessel, uh, top lip, move around and I would look for pulsing, so in a Doppler scan what you look for is um, color so you've got red and you've got blue and it's nothing to do with temperature it's to do with flow and movement in a certain direction so with the lips you get a lot of anatomy variation one patient varies a lot in where the vessels are and what I can see with the ultrasound Doppler is where the blood vessels are you've got to be very careful to angulate the probe to make sure you're picking up exactly where the vessel runs from one end to the other end of the lip. Um, But you can get a good picture of where it is. Now, most individuals should have the artery, the um, supralabial artery, um, running in the muscle or behind the muscle it can fluctuate, it can move around like a snake. Is
0: it 5% of people
1: uh, from, yeah,
0: from, it's from a, studies I said 5% of people will have it superficially?
1: Roundabout, yeah. yeah. The problem is in those, superfici- in those patients that have superficial blood flow, you don't know where the superficial area is unless you've got one of these. So the, the issue with statistics to me, doesn't mean a lot because it's variable between patients and you could be unlucky and hit that artery in one of those five percent of patients. So when you use the scanner like this, you'll be able to check for the blood flow. You'll be able to see where the vessel snakes. And if it happens to snake very superficially close to the lip surface, on either the top or bottom lick you need to be very careful and you need to look at exactly where you're going to inject and how you're going to inject as well um purely to minimize problems couldn't, couldn't have said it best myself so basically for, it, it sounds
0: like common sense but when you're when you're in a rush and you're in clinic and you're not quite sure yeah. what to do that's the whole point of why we're doing these lives every week is we're kind of yeah. we're in between we're sort of going over this ourselves, then we obviously sh- want to share the knowledge with yeah. anyone watching. So what Viv's demonstrated is, I mean, Viv, this is one thing that I would say, would you go patients left to right or would you go your left to right? Does that make sense? I generally
1: go from the patients left to right. I usually right. start the patients left and I move over towards the right. And I would do that at the top and bottom lip and I would get a good idea of exactly where um, the problems could be when I'm injecting. Um,
0: so then, so, so yeah. guys, you have it there. It's a world first for <laughs> our, our standardising of the ultrasound use. You go from the patient's left to right. And so for that first pass of looking at the structure and the anatomy, you want to go patients left to right across the top lip, and then the same again from an oral commissure over recognising uh, bone superficial tissue and muscle, and then obviously existing filler. And then as Viv said, and demonstrated again, by going from patient's left to right, from one commercial to another, top lip, yeah. then upper lip, is you want to turn on your Doppler, your duplex, and you want to see blood flow. We uh, want yeah. to identify where there's blood flow, whether there's any arteries there. And remember, yeah. uh, red and blue's got nothing to do with temperature. it's to do with the vector, the flow. So which way is that blood flowing? And obviously if it's pulsating, it's yeah. m- more than likely artery. And in most people, as Viv says, it's that that artery will be deep in the muscle. However, in about five percent of people, it will be superficial. Now, yeah, people might argue and say, well, actually, clinically, you could palpate and feel it. Of course, you could, because after yeah. I've scanned, I will then palpate to see if I can feel it. Obviously, I'm going to stay clear of that area. So, Viv, just to um to tie up, um, yeah. do you want to talk about your Idea so after you've done this scan, and yeah. unfortunately, we can't share it with anyone because obviously Instagram yeah. doesn't allow sharing of um photos whilst we are talking. But what would you do next then? So, you've done your scan, so we've done and the what scan. What do you do next? Yeah,
1: so that's like a copy of a protocol that I would follow and you would follow. So, this is relevant to facial area of lips in particular. So, that's basically just following a set of instructions so you can see exactly what you need to do, um, over. short process it's not particularly difficult so that could be stored on your clinical management system if you're a practitioner Um, this is really an instruction booklet uh, put together this is part of an instruction booklet basically so once that's been done what i then tend to do is record the information now the problem with with aesthetics is it's not the same as NHS work. There's lots of guidelines in the NHS that you need to stick to. In aesthetics, the problem is there's no definite specific guidelines that practitioners follow. I tend to follow the work I do in the NHS, and I, I use it in my aesthetics work, and I modify it to suit what I do in practice. So with the work of scanning a lip, with ultrasound what I now do is I use a piece of software called eye rejuvenation which is based on my iPad and I can record information on there I can create questionnaires with it as well and I've got a questionnaire based on ultrasound vascular mapping so simply enough questions I basically uh, record the area of the face that I'm scanning like the lips there um I ask myself whether there's previous filler. Patients don't always know, or they might not be completely honest sometimes. So it's a way of assessing what you can actually see. Is there filler there? Does it look like there's filler? Does it feel like there's filler there? So I can record that and i can make notes about previous filler where is it what could be a problem with it being there um, does it feel superficial is it lumpy all those things can be recorded doesn't take long to do a couple of minutes um, also vessels location where am i seeing the vessels is it in the muscle is it outside of the muscle um does it vary in one part of the lip compared to another so i can record all of that information in a short form and basically have i used a pathway to actually record this information have i followed a protocol because if i haven't how have i come up with the information i've recorded basically exactly uh, and so, then so Viv,
0: so Viv, i'll say I'll, I'll say put that down we need to see your face when you're talking <laughs> <laughs> um, so exactly that so how that's the question that we you know we asked each other how do i how do I replicate this every single time? Yeah. So then when I refer back to it, I know exactly what I'd done. Otherwise it would be just guessing, wouldn't it? And I, and I think you've said it already more politely than I'm going to say now, but, you know, it, with aesthetics, with injection patterns or whatever we do, yes, there's a rough idea, but when we inject, we do it according to the patients in front of us. And, you know, at an advanced level, you don't always... You weren't necessarily injecting your abc pattern that you were taught yeah. when you first did it and this is but the difference is that yes that's fine because aesthetics is an art uh we we both know that and it's not you know you always follow protocol however if you follow protocol in everything else you're doing your infection yeah. control um your prep your uh, qualification of the patient the client um the consent forms then you're allowed to have that artistic flair when you're doing it. And that's the same thing that we're applying to ultrasound now that we want to standardize it so that you can replicate it. And what yeah. Viv was demonstrating there is just a simple method of recording it. But again, you know, it's new, isn't it, in aesthetics, Viv? What what information should you record? Um, and what is yeah. pertinent and what is valuable when you're looking back on things?
1: Yeah, it, it depends on your own practice, as, as, as you've said. Different people do things in different ways. But if there's a standardised method of recording information, it becomes valuable. Um, You can look back on it. You can assess it. You can audit it. You can improve how you carry out your work. Um, It can also be used for research purposes. There's lots of uses for information when it's recorded properly, particularly for individual practitioners. We all, as, as healthcare practitioners, we have to do CPD, Continuing Professional Development, we have to show how have we assessed our work and how, what have we done to improve it. And if we're ultrasound scanning, this is one way that we can show of following a set protocol to record the information that is for the benefit of the patient. If we can then look at what we've done over a period of time, we can improve our practice accordingly. And that's really the purpose of it. It's repetitive. It allows us to record exactly what we need and it, it allows us to do it accurately and safely for the benefit of the patient.
0: Repetitive, boring and safe. I love the, usual, <laughs>
1: I love <it>. the usual <laughs> stuff, yeah. It's the stuff that we used to working in the NHS, yeah. but we know it works. Exactly. Um,
0: I think we're coming to a good conclusion. So uh, for those, if we, if you are interested in getting a copy of our standards that we're developing then you know dm us for now what we're going to try and do is put it up so that you can download it um, and we will share that information for free as part of the kind of developing ultrasound and aesthetics Um, so that that's on the cards and you know continue watching everyone who is Viv, do you want to do you want to say anything else on that on that note
1: no just as i say um if people if practitioners are interested in in recording their work in using ultrasound for a start we're quite happy to help them, and if they want to um, improve on what they're doing, there's ways we can work together to do that. And it'd be nice to speak to practitioners who are interested in starting off with with ultrasound, and those that are that are already doing it. It'd be nice to speak to them to see what they think about improving their practice by working together.
0: Yeah, I think if we if we keep doing this for long enough, then maybe people will notice and they'll DM us and say, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. No, <it's> okay. <laughs> They probably will. Viv, thanks very much uh, for joining everyone who's watched. Oh, I actually had one question from um, Dr. Jigna who asked, Viv, I'll ask you then I'll respond as well. Um, Is there any particular area of the face that is, um, sorry, tongue tied. Is there any part of the face that is particularly tricky to scan?
1: Trickiness generally is dependent on how easy it is to actually place the probe in the area that you want to scan. For me, the most difficult part is the nose. (laughs) So with the nasal area, it's probably the riskiest area for injections with dermal fillers. Now, when you're scanning the nose, you can go vertically in in the vertical plane, or you can go horizontally. Now, to do it horizontally, you need gel right between the tissue and every part of the of the head of the scanner. And you need a lot of it in the same place without it moving around. And it can be physically difficult to do that. Um, it takes a lot of practice and you need to be able to use the scanner very gently and carefully. And... You just need practice, basically. You you can do it, but you need to take time and you need a lot of practice. Um, That, for me, is probably the most tricky area to scan properly and fully. Um, Other areas are less difficult. You just need to take your time with certain parts of the face based on the anatomy and the 3D structure. Yeah, I, I've
0: not found any problems in the rest of the face. I was—I don't do non-surgical rhinoplasty, so I've not had to yeah. scan the nose. But now that you've mentioned it, I might try scanning it and see what I can see. Yeah. So, um, Viv, thanks very much. It's you hosting it next week. Um, I don't think yeah. we've really decided on a topic, but just as a rough idea, I think I think we might just pick another area. Uh, yeah. And and carry on developing this flavour or this trend of, um, of yeah. scanning an area. What would you do? How would you record it? And then. Yeah as we probably do go off on a tangent and start talking about something else. So uh, thanks very much for joining me. Um, Everyone have a good Thursday evening and um, I'll speak to you soon, Viv.
1: Great. Thanks a lot, Sully. Thanks. Bye-bye. See ya.